Mr. Beast just crossed 100 million subscribers. Hey everyone, it's Samir. And today on the Colin and Samir show, we're going to look back at one of our most popular episodes ever, which is our interview with Mr. Beast that we recorded last year in North Carolina. Remember that, Colin? I do remember that. I remember being extremely nervous yeah. to record this interview, mm-hmm. but I'm so happy with how it turned out and it became our most listened to episode of the show, the most watched video on our channel with over 11 million views. And also what you don't know is we recorded this at like eight or 9 PM at night. And when we were done, it was around midnight. And then we went to Jimmy's house to go play basketball with everyone in Greenville, which was a great time. Everyone in the city of Greenville, everyone in the city of Greenville. That's right. And we dunked on all of them. All right, let's get into it. So for my friends who don't know who Mr. Beast is, like that, that happens a lot. I bring up Mr. Beast and most of my high school friends have no idea who he is. So I, I try and explain that he's making game shows similar to what we used to watch, like Survivor and maybe Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, but he's making them for the modern era. And he's making an entire season and putting it into a singular episode. So for Survivor, he essentially did recreate Survivor with one of his videos. The winner actually gets the island that everyone's on. And that was done pretty much in a singular episode. And, you know, one of the things that always like perks people's interest is the amount of viewership, right? And the amount of money that he gives away. The amount of money that he gives away. So he's giving away millions of dollars. There's hundreds of millions of people watching his videos and that is like the best way to to explain Mr. Beast to someone who doesn't know him. Now, what's really interesting to me is the first time that we spoke to Jimmy, which was when he did his finger on the app challenge, which was this game where if you kept your finger on the app, you you won money. If you're the last one to have your finger on this app. It's a game of endurance, which is another theme that yeah. you see in his videos. He'll have videos where a bunch of people are standing in a circle mm-hmm. and the last person to leave the circle wins a certain amount of money. Right. And throughout the video, he'll make it harder and harder and harder for you to actually stay in the circle. Now, what's amazing about that is that was 2019 and Jimmy had 20 million subscribers. So if we look at this trajectory, this is something that that Jimmy posted on LinkedIn, actually. In May of 2017, Jimmy crossed 1 million subscribers. In November of 2018, he crossed 10 million subscribers. So in about a year, he 10X'd his subscriber base. One year from then, he was already past 20 million subscribers. So he doubled within about eight months. And in 2021, he had 50 million subscribers. By the end of 2021, he had 80 million. That means 30 million subscribers in one year in 2021. And now in July of 2022, he has 100 million. That's a crazy growth trajectory. Like truly, truly insane. Yeah, but the exponential nature of it is actually not too dissimilar to, you know, a lot of other creators. It's just yeah. so happens that he's in these extremely large numbers. Yeah. You know, I think there are only other like five other channels that have crossed a hundred million. And there's only really one other like solo creator and that's PewDiePie. But when it does come to his growth, we actually are experiencing somewhat of a similar trajectory, right? Where it sure. took us many years to get mm-hmm. to a hundred thousand. And then, you know, from there to 400,000 and now close to a million and it's just taking less and less time for yeah, us to grow. I mean, what's crazy, actually, is that his first million subscribers came in this almost the same amount of time that potentially ours will come. It took him five years to get to a million subscribers. 2012 to 2017. Five years is a very long time to get to a million. 
And then from, you know, another five years to get to 100 million is amazing. So we wanted to spend this episode looking back on the interview we did with Jimmy just about one year ago. We went to Greenville in August of last year to his studio to check out his brand new investment of $10 million to build out his, his custom Mr. B studio. And inside of that studio, we did an interview with Jimmy. It's about two hours long. Uh, it's on our YouTube channel. It's also on this podcast feed. And we went back and listened to it. And we wanted to pull some of the quotes that we felt were huge indicators of why he has grown to 100 million. Like, what is it about his mindset, the way he operates, that has allowed him to grow from zero to 100 million subscribers? All right, well, let's start off with our first quote. Here it is. How does this place, how does this investment of, of $10 million plus dollars, how does it become uh, profitable? I don't know. I just want to make the best videos possible. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm not a businessman. I'm a creator. I just, I want to make the best videos possible. This helps. And I believe as long as we're doing everything in our power to make the best videos possible, people will watch them. And I don't know. I'm, I'm a lunatic. I think it'll work out. It's a lot of faith in YouTube. Oh, ton like, of like, so, you know, I, like, But I've been doing it for 10 years now. Yeah. I'm not losing faith now. <laughs> like, I think YouTube's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. It comes installed on every Android device, which is like 85% of all operating systems. And 90% of searches in the West are on Google, which YouTube pops up on. I think, you know, like I've told you guys multiple times, gaming viewership in the last two years has doubled. Like you can throw up the tweet, the reports, like yeah. that's factual. In the last two years. And two years ago, gaming was freaking huge and it's doubled. Yeah. I think YouTube in 10 years is going to be bigger than we all imagine. I have no, no freaking doubt in my mind. First of all, I love that Jimmy refers to himself as a lunatic. I think that's like really sure. refreshing. <laughs> I think he needs to make it clear, right, that he's making decisions that may seem irrational. That yeah. he is, like he said many times in this interview, obsessed with YouTube. Mm -hmm. But what I love about this quote is that he sort of backs up his obsession by explaining that it's because he has this faith in YouTube that yeah. it's not going away. You know, you don't spend as many years as he spent, you know, if you think that YouTube may go away tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And the rational entrepreneur is looking at what they're doing and saying, you know what, we need to hedge our bets. We need to diversify our revenue. We need to, we need to you know, make sure that, yes, YouTube's going, but we got these other things going too. And what if YouTube goes away tomorrow is a very common thing for people to say. Now, it's not to say that Jimmy's not diversified and he doesn't have multiple businesses, right, that are running and has built a team around that. But he makes some really good points about YouTube and making sure to recognize like that statement, when someone says it to you, what if YouTube goes away tomorrow? You can't live in that reality. You need to, as a creator, live in the reality of YouTube's massive and it's only getting bigger. This is where I'm building my business and I'm committed to this platform. And if you're Jimmy, it's not that it's massive and it's only getting bigger. It's that it's massive and then it could double. It could triple yeah. Yeah. when he brings up the gaming numbers, how, yeah. you know, gaming was massive, but look at it. It doubled. Yeah. And it's installed on every Android device. That's a really good point. When you go outside of the U.S., people are using Android. Like that is the phone that everyone is using, right? Or the operating system that everyone's using, you know, and additionally, searches on Google, when you search on Google, you get YouTube videos. He has backed up this concept that he is a lunatic and, and obsessive and crazy about YouTube with these factual statements of like, why wouldn't I put faith in this platform? I look at YouTube as being the universal entertainment platform that no matter where you're creating something, it's going to end up on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Whether that's the actual video or the conversation about it, you mm -hmm. look at late night now is all on YouTube. Yeah. 
most traditional shows end up somewhat on YouTube. SNL. I feel like mostly most of what I watch of SNL is on YouTube. And if the full episode isn't there, there's enough for the fans of the show. You look at The mm -hmm. Office, right? Mm -hmm. The Office full episodes aren't necessarily on YouTube, but there's behind the scenes and yeah, compilation videos yeah. and bloopers mm -hmm. and, and video essays and interviews with the cast. There's anything you would want. Yeah. So I think reason number one is like, you know, obviously this obsession, he, he does also say in this something that he says a lot in our interview, which is he wants to make the best videos possible. And that's like, when you have that as an honest statement of that's what you're focused on, I think that's a huge X factor. Now, our next quote is more so about how you make the best videos possible. Imagine a world where it's just you working solo and you work 12 hours a day every day for like a year and you're just grinding, you make a mistake, you learn from it, you grind, you make, make you learn from it and you do that for like a year. And then imagine a different world where you have four friends who are also equally grinding in something similar. Friend number one makes a mistake on Friday. He teaches the other four people. Friend number two makes a mistake the next week, teaches mm -hmm. everyone. And then like you're all learning from each other's mistakes. You're all constantly studying 24-7 and downloading each other. Like after a year, you're like two years ahead of the guy who was just solo. It really does make a difference, especially like my friend group. When I was like, I met a bunch of people when I had 10,000 subscribers and we all like, we agreed not to drink. We didn't do drugs. Like we didn't date. We just literally obsessed from the time we woke up to the time we went to bed. That's literally all we did. It's, it's wild. Like I've told this story before, but for people who didn't listen to our other podcasts, yeah. like one day I literally got up and we had an 18 hour Skype call and then I went to bed and that's all I did. And we were just tearing apart YouTube videos, studying trends and stuff like that. I don't even know how I got food. Like pretty sure I was just ordering food. So I didn't even have to leave my house so we could keep working. Like it was that level of obsession. It was just dumb. It was so unhealthy. I really like, uh, this bit. And I think, um, in a creative business, it's, it's so important. He, he makes a really good point about like being in a vacuum, just working by yourself as a creative, making mistakes, having wins, like doing whatever, having learnings, like you're on a singular path and it's a pretty slow process. I think that's like a recognition. You look at Jimmy from 2012 to 2017, that's a million you know, subscribers across five years. It takes a really long time to solve some of these problems of creativity. But if you have a group of people around you that are also solving these problems on this platform, but solving them in different ways and maybe uncovering new problems you didn't know exist and new solutions, you're learning at three or five times the speed because there's people around you. And any time that we've been in a situation where we get feedback from a group of people, it's really beneficial. Yeah, and he, he uses the phrase, we were tearing apart each other's YouTube videos. And I think tearing is, a, is an important word to bring up because yeah. one of the more painful parts about making videos and really trying to get the best video at the end is showing it to someone else and giving them the permission to tear it apart. Yeah, it, We've been in rooms where creator friends of ours are watching things that we've made and it is painful, but if you can find comfort in that, you can excel so much quicker yeah. than someone who's in a vacuum. I sat in a room in Colorado with, with a bunch of creators, Ryan Trahan, Thomas Bragg from Yes Theory, Just Dustin, Eric, Preston Plays, and we played a Colin and Samir video. And I think it was the most nervous I think I've ever been to show a video. Maybe one or two other times, but it was very nerve-wracking to show a video in front of those people and have them react to it. And what's, what's I think especially interesting is when you do that, you know the feedback. When you're watching it in that room, you know. 
you know what's wrong. Yeah. You know, like when you're watching it alone in a timeline, you sometimes don't know what's wrong. Then you start watching it in a room and you can feel like, oh, they didn't laugh at that. Oh, someone's looking at their phone. Oh, someone's looking that way. Why did they laugh at that time? Why did they laugh that time? That wasn't supposed to be funny. (laughs) Yeah. And like, that is again, a challenging experience. And then after we were done watching, we all talked about it and people brought things up to, to us and to me about, you know, what, their video was to them and how it could be better and what they had learned from making videos. And it was just like, I, it was in back in January, but I still think about it to this day. And the creators who are doing that on a weekly basis or regular basis, they're growing at a much, much faster pace. Creators that can separate themselves from their ideas and from their videos and look at them objectively and take feedback will excel. And we noticed that from when we were in North Carolina, Yeah, it's just like, there's nothing I feel like that is taken personally Mm-hmm. When Jimmy walks into a room and there's a group of people workshopping a video, like yeah. there's not, even if it was maybe his idea, yeah, like it's just not personal is the vibe that I get. And yeah. I think you kind of have to be that way. There's a great line from Creativity Inc. that just says, you are not your ideas. Mm. Yes. In a creative company, you have to have that distinction or else you will take things too personally. All right, let's queue up our next quote. What does Mr. Beast do for fun? Uh... I don't, if you're I, not making videos. I mean, in a perfect world, I'd love to go hang out with Elon Musk or stuff like that. Uh, yeah. But obviously that's not possible. Um, it's like there's levels. Like if I had like the perfect friend group, I'd go hang out with other entrepreneurs. I'd go hang out with people. And just like if, if right next door there's another YouTuber, I'd just walk over there and be like, yo, teach me something. That at the end of the day is what I love the most. But if I try to just work as much as I can. I don't know. I just enjoy it. You know, what does Mr. Beast do for fun? You know, well, by the way, I do also want to acknowledge, like, we played a lot of basketball when we were there in North Carolina. Very fun. Um, but but do we know that he had fun? I don't know. That's unclear. That's I unclear. had clear. Maybe he was just like, <laughs> I got to make sure these guys have some fun <laughs> while they're here. Um, now, the whole trip was amazing. But it's so interesting that he today, I think, would probably have the same answer. And he's at 100 million subscribers. He's, like, arguably the best at this platform. And his ideal scenario for like a Saturday to have fun is to go hang out with another YouTuber and ask them, teach me something. And later, later in this moment, if you listen to the interview, he talks about at this time, you know, a year ago, him and I were talking on the phone a lot and he would ask me to teach him things and say like, what do you think about my videos? Tell me something you didn't like about my videos. And I remember feeling this sense of like, what, what's happening? Like you need, I want you to teach me something. Like I, do I have anything to teach you? And I said, I said to him at that time, finally, when I kind of like had the courage to, to, to say what I thought, I was like, you know, I kind of think that some people in your games, I'd like to be more connected to their personalities. I'd like a little bit of character development of why I should care about them. And he was like, Oh, okay. That's a good note. It's hard, but yeah, good note. And I was like, Oh, he's honestly, looking to make improvements and learn about what consumers of his content think, what other people have learned about YouTube, what other people think about entertainment. Like it's amazing that his commitment is to learning. Yeah. And that's, what's fun for him, right? Like that's, what's Mm -hmm. enjoyable. And with him, it's a good mix of, you know, he's got confidence. You have to have a little bit of ego in, you know, the videos that you're making and the quality that you're, you're putting out in the world but he mixes that with the humility of I'm never done learning and I have a lot to learn from other people. Also hang out with Elon Musk feels like that's probably realistic. Personally, I don't know that that sounds that fun to me, 
but maybe to Jimmy. That sounds like a good time. feel like at this point, a year later, he could make that happen. Definitely sounds interesting. Yeah. Okay, and now we have another quote here that speaks more to the logistics of, of how he actually has made the videos that have gotten him to 100 million subscribers. Like, yeah. I need pushback. I need people yeah. to, like, there are people with better ideas than me. You know, like, one of the OP things about hiring people is, like, you know, if you're editing a video, you can probably only devote 20% of your time to it or whatever, 30%, 40%. If someone else is editing it and that's their job, they can dedicate 100% of their their yeah. work time to it, right? So since they have three times the amount of time to edit that video, they should be able to edit it better than you, even if it's only 20% better because they yeah. have more time. Right. Same with like thinking creatively or like building sets or doing anything. Like you, it's, you have like as YouTubers, especially people who build side businesses and have side channels, there's like, 50 things that need to be done. And if you split your time amongst it, they're all only getting a few percentage of your time. So like someone should be able to do that job better than you because they're giving it a hundred percent of their time. And that's like the OP part about hiring people, which is obvious, you know? So did we have to Google OP? Yes. Yes, we did. We did have to Google OP, which is a gaming term for overpowered. I'm still not positive how to use it in a sentence, but it also could mean original poster. Either way, I'll tell you what, I'm confused, yeah, but I don't yeah. think it takes away from the quote. It does not take away from the quote. So the thing that's, that's, I think, unique about creative work is creative work requires mental space. So when someone spends 100% of their time or specializes in something, the great thing is that their mind is on it. So what we've learned is right now, you know, I, this is, again, a lesson that we should probably have learned a long time ago and that feels like we continue to learn, but our thumbnails and our packaging just isn't great right now. And we don't have a thumbnail specialist. Our expectation is that our our creative team, our editing team, and even just us and the way our minds are all fragmented, that we can spend some time thinking about thumbnails. But we don't spend that much time thinking about thumbnails. And you start to realize like what Jimmy has done is specialize people and say, Maybe this person is going to think about the intro hook. This person is going to think about subtitles. This person is going to think about um, the set design, what that's going to look like. So I think the world of like general generalists in a creative company, when it comes to YouTube and trying to be the best at these different parts of YouTube, you do need people's minds 100% on every different function of it. And that doesn't mean that you need to hire someone full-time. I'm sure right. in the case of his business, he has a lot of people who are full-time, but there are, are a lot of creators. You know, we spoke to Tommy Innit recently, and he said that, you know, he divides up mm-hmm. the different parts of his video and someone does audio, someone does graphics. and Someone a, does subtitles. And a yeah. lot of that is so that their energy is also fresh for the job that they have to do so they can do right. it to the best of their abilities. And, you know, you mentioned that this is unique to creative work, but I think it's actually... You know, across the board, it's hard for people to do a lot of things well, especially back to back. Yeah. You wouldn't, if you were building a house, you wouldn't hire someone who's going to be the electrician and the general contractor and landscaper. Right. You know, you would have to assume if you hired a person that said they could do all of those things, they're not doing all of them at the same level. Right, right. It's like you mentioned with restaurants, when there's a restaurant that's like, we have Chinese food and donuts. Right. Specialize in one. Which one are you the best at? Yeah. Let me know. Yeah. Agreed. So I'm recognizing we're learning kind of slow right now. You know, we are learning slow and we're, we're moving a little bit slow. And you look at, um, some of these lessons that we can take from a year ago, it's like, okay, do we have people around us that can be 
tearing apart what we're doing and and actually looking at it, you know, and saying this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. Let's let's fix it fast. And then can we build specialists to address those problems that we have right now? And going back and listening to this interview, that's that's something that really has stuck out to me. Later on, or or you know, part of this this segment when we're talking to Jimmy about this, he talks about sometimes someone's like, or he has a thought of mm, maybe if we shot it like this instead, that would be really cool. But that would take three hours and maybe I don't have three hours. And he's like, when you have these specialists, they have those hours. They're like, no, we'll just, let's just do it. And um, additionally, he talks about as a YouTube creator, you become an entrepreneur, you might be spread across multiple projects. And when he says, I want to make the best videos possible, I think what's important to recognize is there might be days where he's flying around to different meetings but he has put specialists in place to ensure that these videos are being created to the best of their abilities. That's a really important nuance to think about as you're building and scaling a team as a creator, that building specialists can be really supportive of that. All right, Samir, so I know we reached the end of our quotes, but I just pulled up another one. Here we go. Surprise. Surprise quote. Surprise quote. Here we go. I'm either going to be a YouTuber or I'm going to be 80 with 1,000 subscribers. Yeah, I think that's a really important one because as even as we get close to a million subscribers, I you're about to say even as we get close to eighty, and as we get close, we get as, as we, we get closer every day to eighty. <laughs> as we get close to eighty, and a million subscribers, and, and, and I hope a million subscribers and, comes before before eighty. Turn 80. Yeah, me too. But you know, I was thinking a lot about why did we hit a million subscribers? We just like this enough. We like YouTube enough to not quit. We can't be we can't be talking like that. We're not at the finish line. We haven't hit a million subscribers. I know. Why I know. are we close? Why look, have we hit nine hundred? I'm writing the acceptance yeah, speech. Yeah, you are. I've been right writing now. this acceptance yeah. speech for years. All right. So just let me have this, man. Thank you, Susan, for this plaque. <laughs> yeah. Um I just wanted to start by saying um yeah, I think that is true. Like I oftentimes think about, you know, is there something else I'd rather be doing? And the answer is no. And there's a great moment in uh this documentary. On, I think it's on Netflix. It's called Comedian, Jerry Seinfeld, Comedian. And it's an amazing moment where this up and coming comedian is talking to Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld has just finished Seinfeld. He's testing new material in these comedy stores. If you haven't seen this yet, he like bombs at times. It's very uncomfortable. Basically, this up and coming comedian is like complaining about the fact that he's 29 and his friends are making money on Wall Street and they're getting mortgages and they have fam families and Jerry's just reacting in this way of like, he's like, what, what are you talking about? He says, is there something you'd rather be doing? Do you have an appointment or somewhere to be? And it, it's just such an important thing that he's like, this is what you've, this is what you want to do. This yeah. is what you've chosen to do. And he's talking to him in the comedy club and he's pointing basically at the stage and he was like, this isn't about making it. He's, he goes, this is a special thing. This is about the act of doing it. Yeah. Not the act of making it. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, what Jimmy's saying there is like, he's committed to just trying, experimenting, working on this to try and make it. And you look at us, two 33 year old guys who've been doing this for 10 years, actually 33, we've been doing this for longer than 10 years. Uh, I'm glad you put us on the same playing field because you usually make it very clear. I am younger. Yeah. I'm a younger man. Also your birthday's coming up very soon. That's right. In exactly seven days. But here's the thing. Are you, are you 32? Yeah. Yeah, I'm young. I don't even know you, man. Okay. Who are you? So two guys in their early to mid 30s. I don't know what 33 right. is. 
who have not yet, you know, hit a million subscribers who have been doing this for 10 years, who really like very recently have found some semblance of success on this platform. It's taken us 10 years to do that. And we still miss, like we still upload videos and we miss, and we still struggle in this office to try and make YouTube videos. But I can't imagine doing anything else. This, these are the problems I want to solve. These are the things I want to do on a daily basis. And I understand that quote of like, either I'm going to make it or I'm going to have a thousand subscribers when I'm 80. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't want that reality, but I think it's just in me right now to try this, you know, to keep trying this. At least for right now, it's while it's still fun. Yeah. So I think that's a, that's a really important thing for, for any creative, for any entrepreneur, for anyone who really wants to make it, take a step back and think about that quote. Like, also, I, I know Rolling Stone, sorry to interrupt you, yeah. called us the elder statesman, but sure. I don't think we're that old. Casey Neistat started daily vlogging at 34, right? Yeah, so we got a year until like- Until we, we start daily vlogging. Until we start daily <laughs> vlogging, yeah, in our like YouTube trajectory. So we're all good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I want to get across. If you took uh, anything from this yeah. episode, we're not that old. So I just want to say, you know, a huge congrats to Jimmy, of course. And also just when you take a step back and you you try and- evaluate what has happened here and what lessons you can pull from Mr. Beast and from Jimmy. We hope this helped the curation of that interview that we did. If you want to go back and listen to that full two hour interview, it's on our YouTube channel. Um, I would definitely recommend it. And we are working on doing another piece with Jimmy. We just have to cross a million subscribers on YouTube. So if you could subscribe, that would be great. Yep. That's it. That's it. That, uh, what, what, Samir, did you say something? Nope. That's it. That's it. 